Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money-making conversations. Here we go. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, and I host the Money-Making Conversation Masterclass Show. The interviews and information that this show provides are for everyone. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start living your own. My guest is George Wallace. He's the author of one of my favorite books, Full Twit and Whatnot. We will discuss the current SAG and WGA strike and its long-term impact. George Wallace's laughter has always been the best medicine, and he has a small business mindset, which has given him a career filled with longevity. He just started, you know, we're supposed to be talking about his sitcom because of the strike. We won't be able to talk about that, that he just stopped. They should call Clean Slate with Norman Lear, Laverne Cox. He's a very talented brother. I saw him lying out the door with my good friend, J. Anthony Brown. Let you know, and Myra J., which lets me know that stand-up comedy is live and well if you're over 60. George was with Metro Media back in 1974, making $75,000 a year selling rags. Rags! So he truly is a rags to riches story. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Dr. George Wallace. Dr. George Wallace. Well, who wrote that story for you? That ain't, that's not you. You know, I just make up stuff. That's a lie. That's a big, that's a big lie. How are you, Thank you for having me today. Hey, George, first of all, you came in my office and told this incredible story about rags. And that's what you was doing in New York City. Could you explain to the audience? Because that really has created that small businessman mentality. And you've always been a salesman. Talk about what you do do for a living before you started doing stand-up comedy comedy. Well, most important, you're talking about being a salesperson. We all um, deal with sales every day. If you're not selling, you're not living. You've got to sell you first and you sell your products. And today our product and my product is laughter. So I always wanted to be a comedian since six years old, but I had to wow. find a vehicle on a, 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 an avenue to go to find out how can I make money so I don't have to starve while I'm in show business. Then I studied advertising and I found out that to be a good way to make a lot of money in no time and being a good salesperson. So I did that. I sold um, rags, uh, uh, Cleveland cotton products. Uh, I sold the ShamWow back in 1972. <laughs> it, it didn't even have it's a name. It's popular 1972. 
Didn't even have uh-huh. a hand wow. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I sold mm-hmm. uh, uh, a I car wash. From dentist office, I used to have um, um, a linen cloth. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now you notice it's it's a handy white with a plastic backing that will absorb right. the, the water. So, but right. I sold real rags to gas stations. You're old enough to know you went to the gas station. Ding ding, the little bell would ring, and the guy would come out and check your oil and wipe your. <laughs> so those right. are rags. Everybody needs the rags. You a rag, you'd be surprised. The doctors, the dentists, the restaurants, the funeral homes. Uh, body shops, everybody needs rags. And so I got caught up in that and um, they told me I could make a lot of money and sure enough I did. And um, life has just been good. So I sold a lot of rags and I, from rags I sold to New York City uh, Transit Authority and then I sold, uh, after I sold the rags to them, I started selling advertisers on the buses and subways and billboards in New York. Um, Metro Media at the time. So that's, that's how I moved from, that's how I transitioned. You gotta be Careful how you use the word transition now. I transitioned right. <laughs> <laughs> I transitioned from rags to advertising. You gotta be able to, you gotta <laughs> transition. I'm working with words now. I'm writing a whole new big Right, right. Absolutely. But I want to tell Absolutely. everybody, I can tell you this, I'm transitioning now myself into an old man. So you gotta be right. careful how you I'm starting to walk with one but, hand behind. But but, my but, back. but George, but George, let's slow down that old man talk. Because sometimes people do allow age to be an excuse. And you've never allowed age to be an excuse with you. And I say that because of the fact that when I went and saw you and J. Anthony Brown, it was all age groups. And in fact, I, I, I took a video of the line that was down the street and sent it to you guys in a photo. Not that I was shocked. It's just letting you see the diversity of people from gender to age to everything, ethnicities that were appealing to your style of comedy. What is your style of comedy, George Wallace? You shut up. I wish I, I wish I, can I describe it? I know everybody's at my show, old people, young people, black people, white people, hip hoppers mm-hmm. and gangbangers, preachers, liars, everybody, because that's what I do. They, mm-hmm. you know, I appeal to everybody because I just have fun and I love everybody. And right now the new thing is young kids, I guess you call them Generation X or Z, they're bringing their parents to the show because they've right. never seen their parents laugh out loud. And so when I go and promote the show, you, because they know me as Mr. Wash and little things like that. But these young kids now are bringing their parents out to a live show to see George Wallace. And I have jokes for the young people. I tell the young people, the old people don't understand them. And I understand them with the hip hop music and the, and the names and uh, just how we all can get together. It's a blend of my appeal. That's what it is. I, I just love um, entertaining everybody, young, old, black and white. The diversity is there. And I just love talking because I don't really have a show. I just go up there and start talking. Well, you know, I'm going to tell everybody George Wallace. Me, I, George Wallace has been in my life over 30 years. I met George Wallace when I went up to New York City to be a stand-up comedian at Catch a Rising Star. I was just sitting at the bar, and he asked me, "What the f- doing in there?" I, I said, I'm, I'm trying to be a... That's, that's, how he, that's how I was introduced to George Wallace. Yeah. He walked to me at the bar because there wasn't that many black people. I was no black say, people. Hey, I was getting ready to say, but nobody but me and you. But <laughs> you know, I was happy to see you. <laughs> George said, what the f- are you doing in here, boy? I said, I'm trying to be a stand between. And we have been friends. That's in 86. That was, that was 88. And we have been friends ever since because a lot of people need to understand that Comedy was at one time just white comedy clubs. Totally. White comedy club. Right, George? Totally. 
It's almost like that. It, it was so white that they didn't even want black comedians in there to audition, to host. They wouldn't even put them on the show. Even when you right. got to Los Angeles at the Comedy Store in 1989, 90, you would never see more than two blacks on a shelf. And one time it happened, I went on with me and Mooney and Richard Pryor. And at the time, the N-word was prevalent. I was just going three in a row, three in a row. <laughs> Bet you won't ever see that no more. Three rows in a row. Three N-words in a but row. He, he's telling the truth because that's how I met J. Anthony Brown by accident because it was in Mobile, Alabama at the punchline because they would never book two blacks on the same show, especially a black middle act and a headlining act on the same show. And it was that transition. And what happened, the headliner canceled. And that's how Jay got on the show. And that's how I met Jay Anthony Brown. And it's really, because people, I, I have to bring up that scenario because that ain't that long ago right. that people were booking people like this. And what we had to deal with that. And then came Deaf Comedy Jam. Wow. Fantastic. Deaf Comedy Jam. So the young African-American kids, they went off and did their own thing back in the day. The, the young kids... They, they could express themselves because at that time, it was only ABC, CBS, and NBC. That's right. And the and shows Fox. that I did, Tonight Show, you couldn't cuss. You couldn't express right. yourself. And then um, Def Jam came, and that just blew up. And that's, thank God for Def Jam and, and the Comic View and all of the things for the young black comedians can go out and work, the young comedians. And they worked it, and they're working it real good. Thank God for that the transition. But see, George, see, see, here's the thought about George. See, George was controlling all the checks, all right? He had the white folks comfortable. Then he came over to the Def Jam and made the black folks comfortable. So George was playing the black folks and the white folks. That made you unique, George, because I'm going to tell you this. When I, Def Jam, because I played all white comedy clubs, they didn't think I could make black people laugh. Did you ever run into that? Uh, no, because... Uh... The black people that loved me, they saw me also on Arsenio. They knew I could make them laugh, right. you know? So that's what happened right. there. So I was transcending there. And at the time, don't forget now, it was only um, the white stations. They were so happy to see any black person deliver right. fun and jokes. They loved me from the white shows because they did watch The Tonight Show. And so right. the, the black people always followed me from day one. And thank God, I have a great crowd. I'm so blessed, you know, amen. And, I used to be known as clean Christian comedian. I'm still Christian, <laughs> but I ain't clean. <laughs> I'm about to say, uh, as Will Smith you when you went on that ramble, <laughs> on that ramble that, that went viral about Will Smith. That wasn't no Christian clean comedy that you did there, brother. Listen to me. And the first person that called me was Bishop Blake. Bishop Blake? He was the first person to call me and said, I said, I know I'm in trouble doing that. He said, man, do your thing. I laughed my butt off. That's what he said. And it's just like, it's so good, you know. Uh, so, but now it's time for me to cuss. Let me tell you right. something. I've been a Christian comedian for 47 years, and there's so many right. ways to cuss now. You got to cuss. You got all of these white folks getting on my nerve, man. These, let me tell you about the white people I'm talking about. Judge Clarence Thomas. Just let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> these white people are getting on. Hershey Walker. Hershey Walker, these white people getting on my nerve. You understand what I'm saying? What's a man named Congressman West down in Florida? They're getting on my nerve. Tim Scott, I'm getting in trouble. I've been over. Hey, man, you could get my show pulled off streaming. It's up on that. This because is true, fact that We talk about money. I take everything back. Okay, even, here's the thing about you, George. This is the thing about George. I'm going to tell you something about George Wallace. I've seen him 
first of all, he gets reverence when he comes in the room. Okay. All comedians go, they just stop talking when George Wallace walking on because you're walking in history and you're talking about longevity. And that's all we want in this business is longevity. And you've been able to accomplish this too, because even when Hollywood wasn't booking him, guess what he did? He went to Las Vegas and four-walled his own show, correct? Yes, sir. I went to Las Vegas for um, 30 days and then uh, 60 days and 90 days. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to create my own market and and own the show. I never worked for the hotels. I four-walled. Right. Four -wall. You can explain to them what four-walling is. Which means that you're going in, you say, I want that room. You rent that room. You pay for the talent to come in there. You pay for the lights to come on. You pay for the staff. Then you, all the expenses come back, and that's your profit. That's you pay called for the marketing. You the pay room. for the advertising. You go out and shake hands. Mm -hmm. You got to do your street walk. You got to do all of your right. work. Promoting, promotions. And um, I love that. You know, and I love talking to people and going out shaking hands. And I didn't kiss no babies, but I did shake hands. And, and I wound up there from 30 days and turned into 15 years. And uh, so I did it on my own. It was that long, 15 years? I did 10 years wow. at the Flamingo and five years at the Westgate. Wow. And I now, did that. I've worked Las Vegas longer than any African-American ever. Longer than I've done more shows than Red Fox, Sammy Davis Jr., Diana Ross, Lena Horne. And I thank God for those names that I just mentioned because they paved the way for me. Absolutely. And, uh, so, but uh, I, I really love Las Vegas. And I'm going to go back next year. I quit Las Vegas because of a, a pandemic in 2019. Right. right. And I don't want to talk about that. I don't know where I lost five friends during the pandemic. And uh, right. they didn't have COVID. They just owe me money. And no, when you get in the money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, John, let me ask you this, brother. When I think about social media, okay, because, you know, you have a lot of comedians out there who are really popular. Has social media changed how we look at stand-up comedians? We're looking at their social media followers versus their ability to hold an audience with laughter? It has changed totally. And uh, I've done a little, but not enough. Right now, I'm engaging into uh, hiring a social media staff, a group to help me promote myself. I don't do enough tic-tac. I don't do TikTok. See how old I am? I don't do enough TikTok. <laughs> you post on TikTok, I swear you won't get a follower. I can tell, I can assure you that. I need a TikTok right now. You can smell my breath over the TV. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I got morning yes, breath at night. You know that's bad, right? <laughs> absolutely. 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 But you know the social media though. But George, but you've always been ahead of the curve. You know, as far as technology. You know. Acting, stand up, crossover, talk shows. Like I said, we would have to say, like you mentioned on Senior Hall earlier, man, the moments you did on Senior Hall, especially when you closed out his show that time, <laughs> his last day on show, that was like legendary yeah. stand up. That's when he went out, he went on Senior Hall show last episode and put up for sale sign on everything that was on the show, including on Senior Hall. All this <laughs> for sale, all this is for sale, this for sale, that's for sale. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Programming is made possible in part by support from 3815 Media, led by Emmy and NAACP Image Award-winning television producer Rashawn McDonald. 3815 Media offers social media management, podcast production, designs, logos, and develops websites. Additional services include brand management and career development consulting services. More information is available at 470-688-3815 or via email at info at 3815media.com. Keep winning. HBCUs represent black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. He went on Senior Hall Show last episode and put up for sale sign on everything that was on the show, including our Senior Hall. All this <laughs> for sale. All this is for sale. This for sale. That's for sale. John, the, the bass player, went for the sign on this. All this for sale. Everything is for sale. Man. I said, I love you, Arsenio. But I got to say this. This your last night, and I got to say this. All this stuff is for sale. This for sale. Look, that's for sale. The chest is for sale. Everything in here is for sale. That was really good. But yeah, social media has done amazing for the young new comedians. Right. And I love the young comedians. I don't care what medium you use. If you can put asses in the seats and make some money, do it, do it, do it. That's what I tell the young kids. And they're doing a great job. Well, you're doing... How are you, how are you promoting yourself? Are you promoting yourself to... to, to television interviews, radio interviews, TV interviews? Because you was talking about you want to get more involved in social media. Because you sound not, You I sound still do it the old way. Uh, Rashad, mm-hmm. I still do it the old way, and now I'm doing it the new way. I go in and I, I advertise on Facebook. I am advertising on TikTok and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Instagram. Now, what I'm not doing, I'm not being on Instagram every day and TikTok like I right. should. All I do is talk right. trash. 
Why don't I right. do it and just pick up the phone and do it like the other kids do? <laughs> I got to transcend and transcend into that person because it would right. be very easy for me to do. It and because there's a whole new market out there. Plus, my old market, people my age, they don't use social media as much. So you got to create yourself into a new market and get these young kids to come out and see you. Well, you know, there's, we're in an interesting period now because of uh, entertainment. You know, we, we survived COVID, and now we're in the middle of a WGA SAG strike. First, the WGA strike happened, the SAG strike happened. And it's really interesting because, like you said earlier, it used to be just ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and we were just excited. But then cable came along, and we got excited because there was a new territories where, as a standard comedian, we could actually start. Remember the HBO specials? As a You got an HBO special. Your, your career skyrocketed. And now, you better say something, George? Well, it's the same thing that happened with tonight's. To, when I did the Tonight Show, I did it on Thursday night. And Friday mm-hmm. night, I was in front of 17,000 17, people. That's what TV what? did back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the day, if you did the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. you made it. Especially right. black. You know, I made right. a lot of money back then. But now these right. kids, they make their own show. Look at the guy. Great, exa- greatest example is probably Country Wayne. There's a comedian named Country Wayne. Right. And all of the country, all of the comedians are learning from him and doing it and creating their own market. Uh, Lavar Walker. Some of these comedians got their own TV shows, their own medium. It's just great. And I wish I could keep up with these young kids. Let's make it perfectly clear. I made a lot of money. I could retire tomorrow. I've done my thing, <laughs> but I'm not in it for money. To be honest, I just love what I do. Right. And that's important that you say that because of the fact that as we transition to streaming now, that's one of the bigger complaints now that actors and look, I'm a member of SAG. You're a member of SAG. I'm a member of Writers Guild. So I know that. And let me just help everybody, educate everybody a little bit. I started writing on TV in 1993 on Me and the Boys, Steve Harvey's first show. Yeah. And we used to do like 22 to 24 episodes. And so when we got a writer's job, we clap because we start work in June and we basically end the first week of March. So right. basically just three months, you out of work. But now they order in eight episodes, order in 10 episodes. And then in certain situations, some production companies that do two episodes a day or just run them, just keep running them. So people who were cameramen, staff, grips, they're losing their daily wages. Sure. So is that the, really the problem, George, with the whole strike? It's a big problem because now let's just take the show that I just, uh, uh, I'm executive producer of me, Norman Lear, and Laverne Cox. We're right. on a streaming network. We're on uh, Amazon. We get right. paid one time. That's why we're on strike. We get paid one time, one lump sum. As opposed to regular TV, you get residuals. So, but it's still wow. showing. It's still showing as a medium as TV, but you're not getting paid any money for it. So, so how, so how do we fix that? Because you know, you can see, you know, because let's let's be real, George. Because I'm not trying to side with them. Because I think that I want my residual checks. I've been getting residual checks for thirty five cents, and I'm not joking when I say that. Because can't nobody tabulate that because when it when it ran on cable TV or got syndicated, you could see it. Okay, that ran that ran there. But in streaming, I don't know who's clicking on the episode. How do you track that? It doesn't matter. You don't track it, but they could track it if they needed to. That's that's why we're on strike. They can do anything they want to. They're making money because they don't have to track the viewers. They know they're getting viewers, they know the money is coming and they're getting the viewers, but in streaming source, you don't have to pay for it. So therefore the entertainers and the writers. I have to go on strike to get that. That's why we're out. We want to get right. paid. 
because they can run in and run in for a thousand years. You never get nothing. Like you just said, we got to say, I've gotten a three cent check. That's because I work here in the U.S. Yeah, and the, the staff is more know, than the than the check. <laughs> to the check and the paper and the paper. You know, and uh, George, and, uh, you know, like, we do. We we definitely need something that's real serious because you know Atlanta market. You know, they talk about billions of dollars of, of movies that are being shot here annually that are not being done right now. So that means a lot of people are not working. A lot of impacted people. restaurants, caterers, uh, cl- people in clothing industry, uh, chauffeurs. So many industry it vehicles that down, are tied it, to it, it. Trickles down. What about the the local restaurants out there that they're working for paycheck week to week? Those restaurants are hurting. They're going out of business out by the movie companies in Atlanta and Savannah and all those surrounding areas and Los Angeles also. I was very surprised this week uh, watching um, the actor that uh, dresses as a, what's it, a Billy Porter. Right. Billy He's Porter. So he had to sell his house. Hey, that's why I want to teach the young people, make sure you save your money and plan and manage your money right. Because once you get in the show business, you need a year's salary. In the bank, so you can right. sustain sustainability. I, I don't know. Maybe he pay, paid a lot of money for those dresses he wears. I don't know what it is. But you, <laughs> you have you got to save five. and plan for the future. You don't know when you're going to be out. That's one thing you got to do: plan and save. You see the the we're talking about money now. Now, so this is a whole different story. You see the football players go out there and make twenty million dollars one year, sixty million dollars a year, and the next thing you know, they're broke. Seventy four percent of all the football players are broke. After they leave right. the league, how do you do that? You don't do right. that stupid stuff. Save your money. Don't go out there buying a thousand cars. Take care of yourself. Put your money in the bank. Live like a live like a normal person, but don't lose your money. Whatever you do, do not lose your money. Hey, George, stand up or acting, which is tougher. Stand up. Are you crazy? Stand up. Because ah. all I do is lie. I thank God for every day for what I do. I have the greatest job in the world, Sean. I know you love but it. But don't, 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 don't. I asked you which is tougher, stand up or acting. And then you said stand up. And then you just said, I have the greatest job. I can lie. What Did you misunderstand my question? I lie. If, when I hit that stage, I lie. <laughs> I would tell a lie in a minute. I love to lie. Because life is a lie. If you're not lying, you're not living. Let's make that perfectly clear. Everything you do in life you present every day somebody lie to you. Every day. You go to the Chinese restaurant, a fortune cookie. Here's a guy in the back of the kitchen 30, 300 years ago with a rag around his head, sweating his off, making fortune cookies, and he knows what the lucky numbers are. Everything is a lie. I don't care where you go. It's all a lie. These new mattresses on TV come in a box. They say if right. you don't like it, you can send it back. You try to put a mattress back in a box. One of their vitamins is a lie. One of their vitamins is... <laughs> Take one a day. Read your directions. Says take two. Everything is a lie. I don't care where you go. You go to church. The preacher say I won't be long. Everybody lie to you. I don't give a <laughs> what it is. It's a cheesecake factory. That ain't no factory. That's a restaurant. And technically, it ain't no cake. It's a pie. And technically, there's more sugar in it than there is cheese. So they should call it sugar pie. Everything is a lie. When's the last time you bought a coke from the Burlington Coke Factory? It's a lie. Oh my God. Hey George. Your book, Bull Twit and Whatnot. I got the very first one, by the way. One of my all-time favorite books. Every time I bring you up, you say, hey, I got more. That book, if you haven't bought that book, is it's still available on Amazon, correct, George? Yes, it is. Okay. And, and you can also get it on my network, on my uh, website, georgewallace.net. Tell, tell you, was it georgewallace.net? You can get that. They can buy they the book, Bull Twit and Whatnot. Me. 
Y'all make more money if you buy it direct from me than from Amazon. Let's be honest with this. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, as an author, that's a whole new, you know, because everything's about timing. You know that, George, as a, yes, me, as a stand-up comedian. And so what you can say on stage, because you're so gifted, you could twist that word and make good morning funny. Make good morning funny. Well, I'm cussing on you, television. You, I'm cussing on regular television now. Well, I, well hold on, hold on. Let, let's talk about this the book that's really funny. How did you trust yourself that you could write something down and people will still translate the humor that you were expecting them to receive? Because it's the way I said uh, my um, personality allows me to do it. My personality allows me to talk about blind people, allows me to talk about I don't do a PC show. It allows me to cuss. I would take. I would start talking about the rappers like Waka Flocka Flame. Right. And now I cuss <laughs> in the book Bull Twitter. I'm talking about that. And now I can cuss just saying Waka Flocka instead of the other word. <laughs> like I said, the preacher, my preacher walked up in the pulpit last time. I said, look at this Waka Flocka walking up in here. So that's my cuss word now, Waka Flocka. And I Waka get the Flocka. same result. I get the same right. result with Waka Flocka. No. I always saw, I texted you the other day, George Wallace should have a documentary. Well, when is that going to happen? Well, we, we got to put that together because, you know, you're not the first person to say it. Norman Lear trying to do it. You want to do it. Everybody want to do it. But I got to do it. I have right. to put it together with you and somebody because you know me better than, than Norman does. Right. Well, you know, the thing about it, that's what happened with Primetime when he did that special where he played football and baseball in the same day. You know, he had to get with the right people that could understand the vision. Because everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to do it. But but you know in me, I have a special relationship with you because I always go back how you impacted me and I've seen the journey. You saw me in the hospital. I'm going to tell you something, y'all. When I was near death in 1990, this man, I don't know how he knew I was in the hospital, came visit me in the hospital. And to this day, I always feel that was one of the great special moments because in 1990, you were pretty famous, George Wallace. Well, listen to me. You are such a good person. You know, you have to be good. What goes around comes around. What do they say about that? You have got yeah. to be nice for me to have come. I don't know where I was, but I, you were in the hospital in Los Angeles, maybe Houston, wherever you were. But I said, I got to right. go see this guy. This is a nice guy. And I, and, I, and there was only, what, three of us black people in the business back then? Yeah. <laughs> come on. Well, was just, what do you see with the future of comedy with AI? Do you think AI will impact stand-up comedy. No matter what, the funny people will always rise to the top. The cream will rise to the top no matter what. They said television, they said uh, they said hip-hop wasn't going to last. Ooh, where is it now? <laughs> 50 but years. Comedy, is, you always got to laugh because when you stop laughing, you stop living. So comedians, will, the funny people will always be there. AI can't do nothing without us. They can correlate it, put it together, whatever, but they cannot do it without us. And the comedians are always going to be number one. That's why it's the hardest art form today. Ladies and gentlemen, he I haven't done anything always yet. said, I probably laughter, didn't do anything yet. Laughter is the best medicine, Dr. George Wallace. You can find all his merchandise, all his events. Go to georgewallace.net. George Wallace, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. I'll class. come back with you when I have my show debut called Clean Slate. I appreciate you. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. God bless us. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. 
More information about 3815 Media Inc. is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 